Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hi there. It's time to start the show. But first, here's a word from Stephanie Miller. Well, if you ever catch yourself thinking when looking in the mirror, I wish my under eye bags would just go away. You're not alone. Bags and puffiness under the eyes are a problem for millions of American men and women. Until now, introducing my new favorite, the new GenuCell Serum with plant stem cell technology from Chamonix. Susan from New Jersey wrote me, I've been using GenuCell for a couple months. The puffiness around my eyes is gone. Even the crow's feet and small lines have disappeared and haven't come back. I love this product. I use it under my eyes, around the cheekbones, and on my eyelids. With its instant effects, Chamonix says you'll see results in the first 12 hours or your money back. They guarantee it. Order now and save big on Genucel's risk-free introductory offer. Go to lovegenucel.com slash Stephanie. That's G-E-N-U-C-E-L. For an instant 10% off your order, order now. You'll get the amazing Genucel XV face cream when you order the exclusive Genucel most popular package at checkout. That's love, G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com slash Stephanie. Lovegenucel.com slash Stephanie. And now let the cartoons begin. Recorded live in the USA covering the whole wide world. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Go, go, alert, G.I. Cop attacks. Ready to occupy your strip mall. It's the G.I. Cop Battle Starbucks Fortress. G.I. Cop. Complete with hardened Dodge Chargers and missile-firing armored personnel carriers. Time to break out the 20-millimeter Vulcan cannon. G.I. Cop. You put your men into position, but wait. There's a civilian carrying an iPhone and a blueberry scone. Ready, <laughs> aim, fire. GI Cop comes with his own tank to occupy the Family Dollar parking lot. Now, time to occupy the sector between Best Buy and Bed Bath and Beyond. You spot trouble with someone holding something that looks like a gun. Is that person a patriot or a thug? You use your shoulder-mounted pigment scanner to determine whether to give him a ride home or use your taser. My GI Cop has camouflage, so he can't be seen in Missouri. Get the GI Cop (laughs) Battle Starbucks Fortress today. GI Cop! Unnecessary heavy armament sold separately. Bob Seska! If you vote for me... (laughs) All of your wildest dreams will come true. The Bob Seska Show. Now, GI Cop available in Ocean City, Maryland. Congratulations, Ocean City. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, June 17, 2021, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, what's up? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello, day 149 of the Biden-Harris administration, 508 days until the 22 midterms. Find me on Instagram at TheBobSuska and on Twitter at BobSuska underscore go. And here come the goth ninjas. It is Jody Hamilton from the From the Bunker podcast from dash the dash bunker.com, also at sexyliberal.com, along with all of the other Sexy Liberal Podcast Network programs. This is your podcasting superstation, don't you know? She's also at patreon.com slash from the bunker. Go there, support that show because it's great. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Meanwhile, there's uh, David T. Rex Ferguson sitting right over there. He's from the uh, the recording project Astral Summer, astralsummer.bandcamp.com. Latest uh, single is available now and going by that. Okay, Goth Ninjas, lots of good news today. Well, I mean, there's one thing of good news, and it's a pretty monumental piece of good news. The Affordable Care Act has been upheld once again by the Supreme Court, 7-2. to 
The only dissenting justices were Alito and Donald Trump's Neil Gorsuch. Interesting. Yeah. And by the way, we should refer to all of Donald Trump's appointments on the uh, Supreme Court as Donald Trump's (laughs) Supreme Court Mm -hmm. Justice Neil Gorsuch. Donald Trump's Brett Kavanaugh. Donald Trump's Amy Coney Barrett. That's the, you know what, just as a sideline here, the fact that a fascist dictator got to nominate three Supreme Court justices, we got to wise up in this country about the consequences yep. of elections and <laughs> just get everyone on board. I'm going to talk about some of the nonsense I'm hearing from the left about the Affordable Care Act here in just one second. But uh, this is great. And you know the greatest thing about this, Goth Ninjas, the greatest thing about this decision is that Donald Trump and the Republican Party completely screwed themselves over this. Now, the decision that was handed down today basically says that we're dismissing the case because there is no standing from Texas. And why is there no standing? Because they can't show injury. And why can't they show injury? Because Donald Trump and the Republicans in their tax scam bill eliminated the individual mandate. Yeah. So the reason the Affordable Care Act has been upheld today is because Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell zeroed out the individual mandate penalty. (laughs) Stupid! You're so stupid! (laughs) Yeah, I love that shit. That's fucking great. And you know what's great about this, too, is it's yet another example that if you become president of the United States, or if you're going to run for president of the United States, you should probably know something about the law. I mean, that's kind of why lawyers end up running for office, because, you know, they have a background in learning what the law is all about. And in some cases, they can exploit that by finding loopholes. But in other cases, they can form better legislation based on their knowledge of the law, legislation that becomes almost impervious to uh, being repealed or overturned or anything like that. And remember, Barack Obama said not too long ago, the constitutional scholar Barack Obama exactly <laughs> said that this is not going to be overturned. This law is pretty foolproof as far as, uh, you know, sidestepping any challenges along these lines. And here's an instance where, you know, if Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell had known something about what they were doing, if they had actually thought this through, they probably never would have done what they did. Because, again, they undermine themselves. They punked themselves. And uh, Chief of Staff Ron Klain echoing Joe Biden's remarks or inadvertent off-mic remarks when they were going to sign the ACA. Ron Klain tweeted, it's still a BFD. Yep. It's mm-hmm. still a big fucking deal. And it really, really is. I mean, it's one of those things where it's not just any Supreme Court decision. This is a Supreme Court decision. Like the other two Affordable Care Act related Supreme Court decisions, this directly affects people and their ability to get health care just now coming out of a major pandemic. I mean, that was the other one of the other many fucked up things about this challenge to the ACA is that Donald Trump didn't give a shit about the fact that there was this massive pandemic, a major health care crisis in this country, and yet they still wanted to repeal this legislation that provided affordable health care to 20 million, 30 million Americans. I mean, it's a pretty big goddamn deal that this is uh, now continuing to survive. Obviously, the advantage now goes to the Democrats uh, and the Biden administration as far as passing additional things to make the ACA a little bit more meaty. The public option has been long overdue. Those of us who remember 2009 into 2010 (laughs) remember that fight over the public option and how it was in the law and then it was taken out and then it was back in and then, well, maybe it's going to go back in there and maybe it's going to be taken out. And then in the end, it didn't uh, end up being part of the ACA. But the ACA is designed to accept something like the public option. Mm -hmm. So in case you don't know, what would happen is the public option would be a government-run, a federal government-run health insurance company, basically. Sort of like a mini version of Medicare. Those of you who want Medicare for all, this is a great place to start with the public option. Just because it's called something different doesn't mean 
it's completely unrelated. There is a connection there between the public option and the notion of Medicare. I'm not sure how it would proceed from there as far as which health insurance companies, which doctors, which hospitals would accept well, the public I think option. But what would have to, I, for me, for it to work properly, every doctor, every hospital would have to accept it like they pretty much do with Medicare. Yeah. Because that's the only way it would compete properly mm-hmm. with private insurance. Because um, yeah. you do have to pay into Medicare to some degree. It's a small amount. Right. There are I mean, premiums, and yeah. our payroll taxes pay into it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would, to me, it would have to be accepted everywhere that you basically couldn't turn it down. And if you did, you were penalized for it kind of yeah, thing. Because exactly. otherwise it won't compete properly. And so that the key here is that the public option would create competition between the other insurance providers because the public option would be able to undercut the rates, premiums, out-of-pocket expenses, et cetera, of the private insurers, whether they're nonprofit or for-profit. It's, uh, just so you know, because I get it privately yeah, um, and not through a company, right. I believe if you get group insurance, they can't charge you more than, I think, 20%, you know, more. They can only make about 20% profits. And with mm. private, like for individuals like me, I believe it's 25%. Yeah. And then if they spend, if they don't, there's a, I can get rebates on occasion. I've gotten like two checks in the past 10 years from Blue Shield saying, oh, no, we we didn't spend your, your uh, premiums properly. Therefore, we're giving you a rebate. Yeah. And well, that's another thing that the ACA does. The ACA minimizes the amount of profit that insurance companies can make off of every dollar you spend on your premiums. So what we're doing here is we're trying to bend the cost curve. Remember this from 2009 into 2010? Bending the cost curve. It's not about eliminating the rise in healthcare prices and the cost of it overall to the economy. It's about reducing the rate of increase. That's what bending the cost curve is. So whereas, you know, costs for health insurance without the ACA might be, you know, a thousand percent higher than where they are right now. Just the existence of the ACA, the costs are still going up, but not as steeply. If that makes any sense, so yeah. I just I want to know where Texas gets all the money and time to be launching all these lawsuits, suing about the ACA, suing Georgia about our election results, passing fetal heartbeat legislation. It's like you fuckers need to get back in your own goddamn yard <laughs> and tend to your fucking electrical grid, which yeah. is that's about the to thing. Fry. They're getting it from their electrical customers who aren't allowed to wash their clothes. Exactly. And right. You know, their electrical grid is apparently made out of Tinker Toys and wet bubble gum. You know. <laughs> So it's like you guys like really, really, really. I understand that you think government is broken and bad, but you do have a job. Yeah, yeah. And it's part of it is keeping the people of your safe of your state safe. Yeah, exactly right. And yeah. and they're not. I mean, it seems like anytime the temperature gets even a little wonky, their electrical grid is like, oh, I need a nap. <laughs> you know, it's That's right. Yeah, it's the typical Texas thing. Texas thinks it can do everything by itself, and it can't. There are a lot of red states who think, well, you know what? Get the federal government out of our business. Well, you need the federal government. You need Connecticut's tax money. You need Pennsylvania's tax money. You need California's tax money in order to do the things that you need to do, in order to keep yourself out of you know, bankruptcy as a state. Uh, it'd be a good so idea. The next time you guys blow up a fucking chemical plant because you don't have any industrial <laughs> yeah. inspections and regulations. Yeah, exactly. You're going to need our help to clean that shit up. So shut your mouth. Yeah. Get, go back yeah. in your yeah, yard. And, and remember and- everybody claiming that California was going to be oh so bad after the pandemic was over. Guess what? We were good. Our economy is fucking great and we shut down and barely just reopened so texas can take a big f you from us (laughs) well that's the thing the other thing about uh this texas lawsuit is that it was just so inane i mean even some republicans were going what the fuck is this because what it did was the guy said because the uh, individual mandate had been zeroed out that the rest of the law then becomes unconstitutional like you got to take everything out now and that makes zero sense because the law is filled with things that are completely unrelated to the insurance exchanges to me the regulations on the insurers are really one of the bigger parts of the law if not the biggest part i mean obviously the 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 marketplaces and the subsidies are a big fucking deal to quote joe biden but the regulations on the insurance companies that is first of all it's going to be the next target i'm going to get to that in a second but um 
the regulations on the insurance companies, that's what makes this new version of health insurance that we have in this country, irrespective of whether you're going through the ACA marketplaces or whether you're buying through a private insurer or you're getting your health care through your employer, there are new regulations that make health insurance more affordable, that mm-hmm. cap your out-of-pocket expenses, that lifetime limits. Insurance yes. companies were cutting people off because they'd reached their lifetime limit of care. So it's like, okay, yeah. go die. But, yeah, we've they're, spent they're as like, much money on you as we want. They're mm-hmm. thirty. They're thirty years old, and they've capped their one million dollar lifetime limits because they had some horrible thing happen to them when they were ten. And it's yeah. like, yeah. I'm thirty. Yeah, and that's a big goddamn deal. Plus, uh, premiums are capped. Everything is more affordable now. And, you know, I hear all the time from people who are like, well, you know, I I couldn't afford the $600 premium, so therefore the ACA is just full of shit. Well, if you can't afford the premiums, there are subsidies. So if you genuinely, I mean, there may be a cash flow issue in your household where you're spending on things that you probably shouldn't be spending on. You got to rearrange your priorities as far as your spending goes if you're making very little money. But at the same time, if you're, not able to afford, I mean, genuinely not able to afford your premiums. The whole point of the ACA or a big part of the ACA is, you know, subsidies for people who can't afford that shit. There are still major, major subsidies. I mean, some people are paying zero in premiums every month. And all you have to do is avail yourselves of these subsidies. You know, and again, I've been going back and forth uh, in the comments. In fact, we were running a little bit late today because someone was wrong on the Internet, as what always mm. happens with me. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> I'm late for everything because someone is wrong on the Internet. And this is one of those cases <laughs> where, you know, I get an M4A uh, liberal in there, progressive, who's just like, oh, fuck the ACA. And I'm like, well, no, why, do, why does the ACA have to be the enemy? You know, you pass a public option. And that becomes the seed from which mm-hmm. M4A evolves. That's the best way to go. Instead yeah. of saying, well, fuck, tear it all down, and then we're going to put M4A in its place. It's nice to be able to say that, I guess. But in practice, it's completely impractical. There's no way that actually works, especially in this current Congress. I've been listening to Ro Khanna and Mark Pocan, um, and, and they're both in the Progressive Caucus in the House. Yeah. And... People call, hi, kitty. <laughs> what? Um, come here. Oh, sorry. Um, and they both are, get calls when they're on Tom Hartman from your Jimmy Dore type folks saying, oh why don't you just have a vote on Medicare for all, man, and put everybody on record? And both Mark Pocan and Ro Khanna say, look, you can tell who's not voting for it by who's not co-sponsoring it. Right. And we don't want to force a vote because it's really hard to turn a no into a yes. It's harder to get somebody to co. It's easier to give them time to learn about this and then they co-sign on the bill. Mm-hmm. Then we know we've got their vote or we're pretty sure we have their vote. Yeah. He's like, we don't have the votes right now. We don't have enough co-signers on the bill that is in the House to put that to the floor and Trust, they're like, trust us. We don't want people to vote no on it because then they will never vote yes and then it never passes. Yeah, and one of the problems here too is, look, if you rewind to 2009 and look at the history of how the ACA was passed. Yeah, Joe Lieberman. Uh, yeah, Joe Lieberman. Uh, who was the other guy? Um, Max Baucus was. Yes. <laughs> Max Baucus was one of the. Jim whole- Baucus is. I'm <laughs> Right, lovey. They were a pain in the ass. And this all goes to show the fact that, well, up until Ted Kennedy died, we had 60 Democratic votes in the United States Senate. We could have overcome any filibuster that the Republicans put forward. The problem was, is there were red state Democrats who were concerned about their own home states. Certainly the Democrat, was it uh, 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 Senator Nelson from Nebraska, I believe it was. You know, of course, Omaha is a big insurance city. So he was going to never support something like M4A. I mean, there just simply weren't votes, even among Democrats, for eliminating private health insurance companies. I mean, that's eliminating a giant chunk of the American economy. If you eliminate all of private health insurance, 
You put You're, a lot of people out of work. You put a lot of people out of work. And what happens is we cut into the economy that much. It creates a, yeah. Yeah, a catastrophe, right? And what happens in an economic catastrophe, lower income Americans end up getting completely annihilated exactly. in that process, right? I mean, so, a, lot of, a lot of the people that work in insurance industries and, and billing departments for hospitals and doctor's offices, they could be absorbed in a Medicare for all thing, but it has to be done slowly. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, exactly. They right. could all get work. I mean, they're they're accountants basically, mm-hmm. you know. And and if we expanded Medicare to every human in this country, there's going to need to be paperwork done. Yeah. So they would just trans they would transfer into different jobs that would be steady, obviously, because you know, hi, Medicare for all for everybody. But yeah, a public option would help transition them into that. And also more people could get work if we had a public option added high, adding to jobs. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing is it would put people in the habit of going to this, you know, government run health insurance option. So Mm -hmm. once you got the public option in place, it's not that much of a psychological leap to say, Mm -hmm. oh, it's it's called Medicare for all now. Okay, that makes sense. Well, I'm going to stick with that because it is affordable. Right. It is decent. It is bringing costs down because it's creating competition to the private health insurance companies. Which, as I said before, there are nonprofit health insurers out there. You can find right. health insurance even within the ACA marketplaces. That is not for profit. And once you track that down, it'll make you feel a little bit better about the insurance that you're being covered by. I mean, my ongoing concern with the ACA when it was being passed was, well, if we're mandated to buy it, I don't like the idea of being mandated to buy private health insurance. And then I discovered, oh, there's nonprofit companies? Great, I'll do that. That makes a little more sense. Now, the next thing up for Republicans is going to be chipping away at the regulations in the ACA. And that means taking out all of those consumer protections. And that's what, when Democrats talk about this now, it's important that we not call them regulations. It's important that we call them consumer protections or some variation of that, because that's exactly what they are. I mean, it's telling the truth. Mm -hmm. It's just putting it in a correct frame. Congresswoman Mace here, Nancy Mace, uh, said right after this decision was thrown down, she said, I don't know what the next step is. I do know that Republicans will come up with solutions, she adds, and they'll try to repeal some of the regulations. And so that gives us an indication of where they're going. So when they say something like this, we should probably believe them. So given once again, given the opportunity with some sort of congressional majority, you can believe that they'll start to chip away. They'll eliminate the, uh, the caps on out-of-pocket expenses or eliminate something else. Maybe bring back rescission. That seems like a, a perfectly nihilistic thing for the Republicans to do. Yes, let's have rescission again where you can get randomly kicked off of your health insurance as soon as you get sick or injured. Because that's what was happening before. You take away the ACA. That was one of my, big, that was one of my biggest concerns is if they repealed the ACA. That means rescissions would come back. So you could, God, if you had cancer and you're in the middle of your cancer treatment and your insurance company goes, oh, this is too expensive. Fuck it. Thanos snap and you're no longer insured anymore. And it's all out of your own pocket, which is bankruptcy. It's basically bankruptcy and no guarantee that you're going to survive anyway. So that's, if you even continue your treatment. A lot of people, when they were thrown off their health insurance, just discontinued their treatment because they could no longer afford it. And that's how people were dying by the thousands per month before the Affordable Care Act. You could say, look, the the Medicare for all is going to be much, much better. And fine, I'll accept that as a reasonable argument to make. But when you say that we cannot have the ACA and in its place we need to have Medicare for all, that's just dumb. Tearing down the ACA to get M4A is just a dumb, dumb, dumb shit thing to do. And of course, it's once just again, like saying I hate my car because it's old and it doesn't run well, but like I'm just gonna like pour sugar in the tank and use my magical jetpack. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah, it's it's, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. not on the table, really, folks. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the other decision that was handed down today by the Supreme Court is this uh, religious liberty discrimination canard. As you know, the Red Hat Republicans have been doing this for quite some time now, trying to find ways around, you know, tolerance and inclusion. Uh, mm-hmm. And they've been using their religious liberty as a way to strike all of that down. This goes back to Mm -hmm. baking cakes for gay weddings and Mm -hmm. refusing to issue licenses for same-sex marriages, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So this one, 
the Supreme Court unanimously mm-hmm. sided with this Catholic adoption agency that refuses to work with LGBTQ couples for no, I th- adoptions. I think the only reason that it's unanimous, not that I agree with the ruling, but the only reason is because it was a city preventing yeah. money going to it when and and for one specific reason and it's and you a government of cannot get in the way of religion and i think that's the only reason it was unanimous it's not like it's a cake baking company yeah exactly um uh that that is privately doing something to private citizens this is a city banning whatever they were doing and saying we're not going to help you or we're not going to allow you to do this because and government is not allowed to do that under the constitution i i think that's the only reason it's i still disagree with it but i See the argument. I see. Yeah. So this Does that makes sense. Lord yeah. knows, no one's done as much to protect children as the well, as the Catholic, Catholic Church. Church. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh man, that's and a I great point. Read the, I haven't read the. Let me ruling. just go and go ahead. I, I'm sorry, I haven't read the ruling, but that's the only thing that makes sense to me. The the fact that there's federal money involved, I guess that's yeah. the loophole that they're you know they're snaking their way through, but it's still uh, infuriating. And and the problem is that. Now that this Pandora's box is open, that, okay, we're religious liberty, we can use that as an excuse to be bigoted and racist and discriminate against uh, all kinds of uh, otherwise oppressed people. Right as we're in the process of trying to say, let's make racism bad again, you know, where the Supreme Court is just handing a free ticket to be as bigoted and discriminatory as you want. As long as you use a religious excuse as a way around the law. I never thought that religious liberty could be used as an excuse to be racist or to be anti-gay or to be Did you not anti-trans. read the parts of the Bible that are that way? <laughs> yeah, the Bible is yeah. pretty hardcore. On oh, well, that's, that's true. But I mean, we're talking about constitutionality here and uh, except the anti-gay thing, because there's no gay people mentioned in the Bible explicitly. No. no, there's only criminals, but not that are that are performing rape. Yeah, that's it, that's what it is. It's a it's rape is condemned in the Bible. Same sex relationships are not. Yes, because there was really no concept of same sex marriage, at least at that time. In the ancient times, there was no people didn't even realize. It's like now we mm. were if we were to make a law banning the use of space vehicles from the Alpha Centauri Nebula or something like that. We, it just, it's so far into the future, we have no it's concept. True. It's like, that's right. People are like, you know, abortion is against the will of God. And I'm like, where is it in the Bible? <laughs> yeah. Where did you get that again? Because like, yeah. it ain't. You know, because they didn't really have a reliable medical abortion, when they, which shows you that your 2,000-year-old book that you're trying to live your life by today maybe needs a couple tweaks in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Well, and well, I'm just reading, by the way, the New York Times reporting on this. So Roberts and the other five conservatives, they wrote one part of the um, Dis- the yeah the, dis- the decision, decision, and the yeah. other three wrote a separate part. So most likely, the other three are saying, "Look," because the state basically said that Philadelphia may not bar a Catholic agency that refused to work with same-sex couples from screening potential foster parents. So basically, the state was not handing them over any more children to adopt out because they were not allowing same-sex couples to come in and adopt children. So that's what that argument was. And, and Roberts writes, uh, the Catholic agency seeks only an accommodation that will allow it to continue serving the children of Philadelphia in a manner consistent with its religious beliefs. It does not seek to impose those beliefs on anyone else. That's what he is saying. Hmm. And most likely the other three who concurred, but probably for very different reasons, their reasoning is a government agency cannot prevent a religious agency from doing what it does. Yes. Yeah. Well, I guess on the surface that makes sense, but I I still... I disagree with it completely. I wish the other three had dissented, but, you know. Obviously, religious liberty, as I said before, has a place in our society, and Mm -hmm. it's protected in the First Amendment, and no one's saying that we should should take that away. But what we are saying is you can't use it as an excuse to be bigoted and racist and discriminatory. That's just not not the way it works. Let's be clear about what it is. I mean, framing it as religious liberty is a misnomer. They want license for their bigotry. Mm-hmm. Exactly and right. They want it federally sanctioned. Yep. 
So I'm not going to sanction your bigotry is what we need to, you know, it's not, it has nothing to do with freedom to practice your religion. The rights of your religion are like the rights of your fist. They stop at my nose. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So like it just, uh. mm-hmm. well, let's see here. Uh, there's so much going on in the world that can make it difficult for us to relax and decompress like this decision by the Supreme court on LGBTQ <laughs> adoption, for example. <laughs> But now there are CBD gummies called Sunday Scaries. So if you're looking for a way to decompress, Sunday Scaries can help. Visit sundayscaries.com. Use the promo code SEXYLIBERAL, all one word, at checkout to get 25% off your order. That's 25% off at sundayscaries.com with the promo code SEXYLIBERAL. By the way, these statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. These products are not for use by persons under the age of 18. That's sundayscaries.com. Use the promo code SEXYLIBERAL. Thank you. The Bob Seska Show. new single here from uh, J-Row and the Masker of One. It's a song called Dark Places. Uh, fucking great. JasonRoach1.bandcamp.com to go get it. Get it now. Run, don't walk. Start downloading. Oh, yeah. You know, one of so the things good. I've noticed listening to the submissions that we get for the show, there's so many good guitarists. There's so much good guitar-based music out there. Oh, yeah, I know. But if you roll the dial across the radio, unless you hit an intentional, like, nostalgia station, like a 90s station or yeah. something, you don't hear any guitars. Nope. It's all just, like... And, like, I'm not a huge... Like, I don't play guitar. I'm not a big, like, you know, rock and roll, like, or nothing else yeah, yeah. kind of guy. But I just... I don't know what's happened to us in that regard. Like, God, I went through the Spotify Top 100 one time, and this is in recent months, and I noticed there's not a single like four-piece rock band anywhere in there. Mm-mm. I mean, you can find traces of guitar here and there just from session musicians or samples, but most of it is like electronic music in some form. Uh, you know, there's just the rock, rock music is now the, uh, the purview of... You know, alternative music and a little bit when it comes to Memphis and country and Americana, that sort of thing. But that's not really, um, you know, chart topping stuff. I guess, you know, in the separate genre of country, it kind of is. But country to Ugh. me is not rock and roll. Right. Uh, so but it's just it's so strange what's happening with music these days. Anyway. So, if the ACA had been repealed, this is the kind of future we'd be talking about. Where good doctors have bold ideas. Voucher Hospital. Brought to you by Sean's Spicy Meatballs. Small balls, big flavor. Nurses to the nurses station. Dr. Ryan. Sorry I'm late. I had to get in 30 more reps with the barbells. What do we have, nurse? Here's her chart, doctor. Mm -hmm. It looks like she needs a new kidney. If you don't mind, nurse, I'll do the diagnosis around here. Yes, doctor. Well, it looks like you need a new kidney. What? Fortunately, you're covered by the slightly less affordable care act. You'll only have to pay 90% of the operation. Well, I, I guess that's better than nothing. Um, I'll just text my husband and let him know, honey. Wait, we'll what's this, nurse? You're witnessing this, right? Thousand dollars. She's got an iPhone. What? Orderly. Yes, doctor. Get this big spender <laughs> out of here. Huh? Right away, what the? doctor. What, nurse. You're not going to treat me. You should have thought of that before you bought your fancy phone. Whoa, 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 whoa! What's happening to me? That was a close one, doctor. Oh, huh, I'll say. I didn't bust my butt through medical school just to be taken advantage of by some freeloader with a mobile device. Now, show me to the patients with means ward. Stat. Will Dr. Ryan ever rid his ward of smartphone slackers? Tune in tomorrow to Voucher Hospital. <laughs> Rocky Mountain Mike. Yeah. Rocky underscore mountain underscore Mike on Instagram. Thank you for that. Awesome, awesome, awesome. 
Uh, well, actually, in a way, terrible, terrible, terrible. Because, you know, we could have been facing that, but I'm glad that we're not. Anyway, so moving along here on the show, the uh, the law is closing in on Alan Weaselberg. Uh, this is g- great news from the perspective of uh, the tighter the noose gets, <laughs> the more likely it is that Alan Weiselberg will uh, flip on Donald Trump. Yeah, we're s- still waiting for that. Uh, do you think he will, Jody? I do. I do. He's He's... He doesn't want to die in prison. <laughs> no one wants to die in prison. And I think, but, I mean, uh, he, you know, he's towards the end of his life. It's not like he's a spring chicken. Yeah. You know, 10 years would be a death sentence potentially. Yep. And this is uh, one of those things where uh, he is pretty much screwed. And the only way he can be slightly unscrewed is if he flips on Donald Trump and hands Cy Vance what Cy Vance really wants here. By the way, Cy Vance's office appears to have entered the final stages of a criminal tax investigation into uh, Trump's long-serving chief financial officer, Alan Weisselberg, setting up the possibility he could face charges this summer. The investigation into Mr. Weisselberg focuses partly on whether he failed to pay taxes on valuable benefits that Mr. Trump provided him and his family over the years. Sounds like the NRA, doesn't it? (laughs) All these people are the same. (sighs) Scamming the system, (laughs) shaving the edges off the tax law, including apartments and leased cars, as well as tens of thousands of dollars in private school tuition for at least one of his grandchildren. In general, those types of benefits are taxable, doy. Although there are some exceptions and the rules can be murky, for months prosecutors working for uh, Cy Vance have sought to pressure Mr. Weiselberg into cooperating with their investigation into Mr. Trump, and any deal could turn the trusted executive into a star witness against the former president. For now, Mr. Weiselberg appears to have rebuffed Mr. Vance's office and continues to work at the Trump Organization. And what see this shows you the omerta, the you know the loyalty oaths that these people have. Uh, pledge to Donald Trump. The only thing keeping Weiselberg from flipping so far, at least as far as we know, he hasn't flipped, is the fact that he knows that he's going to be inciting the rage of Donald Trump. And what happens when you incite the rage of Donald Trump? All of Donald Trump's red hat minion start to come after you. I mean, that's one of the reasons why members of Congress uh, voted against convicting Donald Trump with the second impeachment because they were concerned about Donald Trump's red hat army. Everyone's worried. I mean, Republicans are all at once trying to take advantage of and are frightened as shit of the red hat army because they know that there's this possibility of, uh, you know, them using firearms or some sort of violence to seek retribution. Trumpism is all about retribution against your enemies. You know, we have an entire population of Republican leaders now that are saying, you know what, it's okay. Go and shoot people if you need to. In Florida, they've now made it legal to drive your car into protesters. But, you know, the next time I see a bunch of, like, if I'm ever in Florida and there's a bunch of MAGA people, like, blocking up the street, I can now hit them with my car with impunity, and I kind of am sort of optimistic about that. (laughs) Have you already started to make travel plans? Is that it? Well, I have just installed a little cow catcher kind of thing on the front of the car. You know, I don't want to... Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Well, yeah. So, the violence coming from the far right, the the acceptance of the use of violence coming from the far right. I think it was Marjorie Taylor Greene recently who was like, yeah, if you live near the border and you see people coming across the border, feel free to shoot them. It's okay. I'm giving you my... Laura Trump on Judge Judy that said that. Who who was it? Laura Trump. Or Lara. How do you say it? L-A-R-A. Oh, my God. Eric's wife. Oh, so Judge Judy when she said... Judge Janine when she said that. Oh, yeah. She's Mrs. Eric. Shit. So it wasn't... (laughs) Mrs. Eric! (laughs) (laughs) So it it was actually a Trump who said that. I thought it was Marjorie Taylor Greene, but I think you're right, David. I think it was Lara Trump who said that. another bottle blonde. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay for people to shoot other people. This is what Republican leadership is all about. Shoot first, ask questions later. If they're getting in Donald Trump's way, I can't get my head around the concept that all of this fucking mayhem in this country is centered around this fucking cartoon character. This fucking dictatorial, fascist, blowhard, this shitting in his pants, moron, 
is like the guy with his stupid hair and his stupid suits and his fucking stupid Trump steaks and his Trump vodka and all those failed businesses and all of his bullshit. This is the guy they've chosen as their Messiah. History must be written that a good part, we're talking about 74 million people at the very least were wrapped up in this scam. It is a mass delusion. Talk about the power of the fucking internet, the power of propaganda, the power of crooked news media like Fox News, the abandonment of facts and reasonable reporting by some of these uh, news outlets, Fox and Breitbart and all of these other Red Hat entertainment complex platforms. It's amazing to me that we've gone this far, that people have been fucked in the head this badly. And look, I, no, I don't know. surprise me very much that all Americans are very easily convinced of some really crazy shit sometimes. Well, now we know that. Yeah. But I mean, if you rewind 10 years, can you imagine? Let's get in our time traveling DeLorean and go back mm-hmm. to even 2011 when we're right in the middle of the Obama freak out where people, you know, from Glenn Beck on through the Fox News lineup and talk radio. Even then, if you were to go back to versions of ourselves in 2011 and say, yeah, Donald Trump's going to become president and he's, people are going to love him so much that they will do anything to protect him, including just randomly shooting people, driving their cars into protesters, praising uh, Russian dictators, all the rest of it. We'd be going, ah, yeah, yeah, talking crazy. Yeah, don't take any more peyote, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And that's, while, yeah, we've always recognized the Republican Party as being crooked and being reliant upon disinformation, that's always been a thing. But I never realized when the internet is uh, weaponized the way it's been by Vladimir Putin and by the Republicans, Mm -hmm. I never realized how effective that would be. And I guess I should have. We should have all seen this coming to some degree. But hindsight is twenty twenty, And there was no way we could say, well, okay, well, Barack Obama is going to leave office. And then suddenly Donald Trump is going to be president. God. Oh, my God. And you see the big deal from yesterday. And again, we're coming off of uh, four or five years of Donald Trump in the National League lights. Mm-hmm. And Joe Biden stands in front of a microphone yesterday. And says Vladimir Putin, and he says Donald Trump when he means to say Vladimir Putin. Shocking that he would confuse those two people, right, in conversations. It's not like we I haven't know. been talking about those two in conjunction for five years now. But it's just like everyone's head explodes. Oh, my God, Joe Biden made a gaffe. Like, have you been asleep? Are you fucking Stiltskin for the last five years? What? Holy shit. I mean, this is just absolutely insane. We're talking about five years in which Donald Trump said there were airports in 1812. He said America was attacked on 7-11. He confused COVID and the flu. He confused FEMA with FIFA. He, this is my favorite one. He confused hypersonic missiles with hydrosonic toothbrushes. Yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. The standard for gaffes. I guess, look, this is a maybe a return to normalcy. We're focusing on stupid shit, stupid gaffes, like one stupid gaffe out of an otherwise successful summit meeting between uh, Biden and Putin. I guess in that sense, that's okay, we've embraced normalcy again, but this is not the way you do it. I mean, the mold has been broken. We're in a post-gaffe era. This kind of gap, especially. Oh, did you see Rachel Scott, the reporter from ABC who questioned Putin and the, the Wall Street Journal correspondent, Ann Simmons, who questioned Putin in Russian, who's the Wall Street Bureau Moscow chief? And it was like, I think the Western press has figured out just that like black people scare Vladimir Putin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they had two black women out front aggressively questioning him. Did you, I mean, did yeah. you see her? Quite, she's like, what's up? What are you all, your reporter, all your opponents are dead. Yeah. Um, what are you <laughs> or afraid of? Or, he asked him yeah. what he's afraid of. And that's, a, that's one of the best questions I've ever heard asked of Vladimir Putin. What are you afraid of? Because Thank you, Rachel Scott, yeah, she threw him back on his heels, and he didn't know what to say. And I really think that like somebody at ABC has figured out that Putin is racist as fuck. Yeah. Oh God. And yeah. that like, yeah, like they're and Russian people like some of them they just they really like they're really afraid of black people because mm-hmm. they've never met any. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, like, well. 
I mean, it's not the only people he's afraid of. I mean, he's afraid of dissidents. He's afraid of protesters. Women. He's, yeah, he's afraid of yeah. women. He's a, he's certainly afraid of Navalny. Why are you afraid of Navalny, Vladimir Putin? Is he is he, he nearly killed him already. Yeah, exactly right. And he's, he's killed other people as well. But then did you see the whataboutism? You know, the Trump-style whataboutism. And the Trump-style yeah. whataboutism is actually Russian-style whataboutism that Trump borrowed. But it was just like, well, you know... you know, the, the, He did that, but his eyes were, like, bulging and shifting the whole time. Like, it yeah. was like, he definitely appeared to be uneasy. And I, that's exciting to me, because, like, you look at all the press conferences with Trump, and he just, like, the only time his eyes really move or change is when Trump some says ex- exactly what he agrees with. Yeah. And he sort of s- slits his eyes with the pleasure of a puppet master who's watching his little monkey perform exactly like it's supposed to. And this was a whole different Putin yesterday, and I'd love to see it. Did I miss the point of Caitlin Collins's questioning to Joe Biden? Because I was trying to figure <laughs> out how Vladimir Putin not acknowledging Navalny is somehow Joe Biden's failure. Did either of you hear that Q&A where Joe Biden kind of She's flipped his shit? Troll. Yeah. Well, Joe Biden kind of went over the top as far as his reaction. He could have kept his cool a little bit more, uh, but he apologized later. It's a stupid question. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it was a stupid question. I kind of feel like, you know, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. You know, I mean, like, okay, honey, you want to ask a completely troll question of the president of the United States in the middle of a summit with Vladimir Putin, our most dangerous global adversary mm-hmm. and you wanted to talk you know it's just like right. we're not playing games here yeah right. honey yeah yeah it was Kate Lan I, again there was <laughs> there was no expectation whatsoever that Joe Biden was going to meet with Vladimir Putin and then Putin was going to walk out of that meeting and go well, okay, I'm a different man now. Whew, go Navalny, go. I'm going to release you from prison. And by the way, all the shit that I've said in the past, forget about all of that. No, no, no one was saying that. There was no expectation no. along those lines. And I don't know why that was Joe Biden. See, a reporter like Caitlin Collins is not actually trying to make any news. She's trying to play a game of bingo. She had a list of things, of ways to attack mm-hmm. him. If this didn't happen, I'll hit him with this. If yeah. this didn't happen, I'll hit him with this. If this, you know, and she probably had a list of eight or nine things, and that was the one that didn't like, you know, she had an angle on. Yeah. And so she, it, she's a troll. Yeah. Well, and it was like the Ducey question about uh, President Z and and <laughs> President Biden going two old friends on the phone. He's like, wait, hold on. I've known him for a long time. It doesn't make us old friends. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. Absolutely right. Peter Ducey, if you actually had friends, you'd understand how this works. <laughs> mm-hmm. Out of the normal world, but since you were hatched from some like eggy crash somewhere in a science lab and then raised by robots, you'll, yeah. Well, when you Unle- need to file a deadline uh, or you, you need to file a story against a deadline and there aren't major big ticket items to latch on to and donald trump gave the press lots of big ticket items to latch on to make no mistake but when joe (laughs) biden who is otherwise extremely competent as president of the united states doesn't give them any footholds well they're gonna find footholds and that's the problem when you're seeking out Mm. shit to complain about because there's nothing that is immediate and on the surface then that's where you get the stupid questions like that like, why is Vladimir Putin not a changed man after he met with you? I mean, weren't you confident that that was going to happen? <laughs> Joe Biden's like, what the fuck business are you into? You know, it's just like, uh, he, he kind of. Yeah, I, I get that response. I kind of yeah. sometimes feel like, I mean, we're like, we're always so nice mm-hmm. on our side. We're always like observing protocol. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, Jim Jordan and Matt Gates are like, you know, and Trump would just viciously attack the questioner. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there is a balance between rolling over and let, letting them do their thing and like just stopping shit in its tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, there's some more good news. There may be a breakthrough with Joe Manchin and voting rights. We're going to talk about that and, uh, oh shit, some shitty, shitty Republicans coming up here uh, right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. 
Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska! When your heart's down on the ground You don't know what else to do When your heart's down on the ground You love and love you for someone new I have brand new Clay Melton right here. This is a song called Back to Blue from the uh, EP of the same name. It's called uh, Back to Blue. The EP drops, when does the EP drop? On 7-23. So on uh, July 23rd, EP drops from Clay Melton. And the single, this here single right here, Back to Blue, lands uh, on the 25th of this month. So just a few days away for that. I love it. Links in the description to support all of the bands here on today's show. Just go to bobseska.com, click the uh, link for today's podcast, and it's all there laid out for you. So you can start downloading and add some kick-ass music to your record collection, your digital record collection, as the case may be. Okay, so we've got some good news coming from Joe Manchin. Well, this is kind of partly good news, but I think the Democrats should uh, take serious consideration of this particular concept. Not to reward Joe Manchin by any stretch of the imagination, because some of the shit may have to be stripped out before there's a final piece of legislation, but Manchin has decided that uh, he's going to support election reform that includes banning gerrymandering. So this is great fucking news uh, as far as that goes. And I think the Democrats should take him up on this particular aspect of it. Manchin's compromise. Doesn't it sound like he's also moving to the uh, uh, Al Franken, Norm Ornstein um, idea of making people actually do a filibuster and you have to have 41 people in the Senate chamber at the time? Oh, I that's think he's good... moving towards that kind of filibuster reform as well. I hope he that's is. What I heard last night, and I can't remember if it was on uh, the eleventh hour or if it was on Lawrence O'Donnell, but they were, yeah. I think I was, had, yeah, I think it was Lawrence O'Donnell. Yeah, because they had uh, Al Franken and Norm Ornstein on to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that yeah, there is has been some. Thanks for doing the absolute minimum you could do there, Senator. Manchin. No, I mean this. Oh, yeah, I think but, that 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 reforming the filibuster to make the minority that's arguing that this bill shouldn't pass, they should actually a argue it and two have the votes on the floor to do it. If they don't have forty one votes, mm-hmm. it goes to the it goes to the floor. Yeah, absolutely. It, why should why should the majority say fifty five people support it? support this bill, but we got to get five more. That doesn't seem, that doesn't seem right. If the minority yeah. really believes that they, that this bill is not a good thing for the country, they should argue it and have the votes. Tell for us it. why. Well, yeah. And yeah. if Manchin wants this uh, compromised piece of legislation, he's going to have to support filibuster reform because otherwise yep. it doesn't pass. Plus right. a couple of other things here to bear in mind with Manchin's compromise. This includes, uh, by the way, some good things and one big bad thing. Uh, It includes making Election Day a public holiday. That's a great Great. idea. Provides at least 15 consecutive days of early voting. Also a good idea. Mm -hmm. Uh, Automatic voter registration through state departments of motor vehicles. You know, you get automatically uh, registered through the DMV. A requirement Mm -hmm. that states send mail-in absentee ballots to eligible voters if they're unable to vote in person. That's also good. But the proposal also includes voter ID requirements at the federal level, which Democrats are generally opposed to, and so am I. So are reasonable people, because voter ID is discriminatory. Voter ID disenfranchises people who don't have the means to get those IDs. And generally speaking, those are Democratic voters. Voter ID has always been a way to disenfranchise Democrats. And to federalize that 
process, at least a little bit. And it seems like there's some sort of details here that uh, aren't necessarily being expressed. But a, a national voter ID law, hmm, I, that seems, sounds like a po- poison know, pill to me. Stacey Abrams gave these things uh, her endorsement. So if Stacey says it's okay. And now they're calling it the Stacey Abrams bill, and now Mitch McConnell is coming out against it. Are you serious? Yeah, there's a new uh, uh, <laughs> that was press fast. release that just came out. <laughs> wow, okay. So it's called the Stacey Abrams Act? Well, that's what McConnell's calling it. Oh, oh, I can't. I see. That's his his mm. his uh, press release is calling it. Oh, is Stacey Abrams because you know scary black lady from Georgia? Yeah, blackity right. black lady, black black Bill. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. Uh, if it was just eliminating gerrymandering, I would take that deal. I mean, gerrymandering is so fucking insidious right now. Look, we get uh, often. Why I have Jody Heiss. With my congressman. (laughs) Yeah, and we get uh, distracted by this uh, misrepresentation that's happening on the Senate side where, you know, a state like Wyoming gets two senators, as does a state like California gets two senators. And we we talk about that a lot, but the real disparity in Congress is happening because of gerrymandering, where Mm. Republicans are getting reelected and reelected. I mean, Louis Gohmert. I mean, you would talk about any, you know what? They could change the name of the law that bans gerrymandering. They could call that the Louis Gohmert Act or something like that because the reason the Louis Gohmert Prevention Act. (laughs) Either one of those. You want to hear what McConnell said about that particular thing? Yeah. He said, quote, Senate Democrats seem to have reached a so-called compromise taking election takeover among themselves. In reality, the plan endorsed by Stacey Abrams, scary black lady, is no compromise. It still subverts the First Amendment, I don't know how it does that, to supercharge cancel culture and the left's name and shame campaign model. It takes, you'll love this part, It it takes redistricting away from state legislatures and hands it over to... Computers, God forbid, and it still retains S one's neutral arbiter. Exactly, and it still retains S one's rotten core and assault on the fundamental idea that states, not the federal government, should decide how to run their own elections. He's terrified that if you know they do what California does, and California does, it's not computers; it's a Mm -hmm. city, it's a a citizens' uh, group of people that's nonpartisan, and they go, "All right, this part of like I'll actually lost my." representative when they combined areas it was still it's still a democrat but mm-hmm. basically i lo- we we were taken out of where we were it was a little too gerrymandered yeah. a little too maybe democratic and you know what? i don't know if this compromise includes uh, a state level gerrymandering for state legislatures but at the very least getting rid of uh, gerrymandering for congressional districts would be a massive massive win and if mitch mcconnell hates it it's good. Yeah. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, if Mitch McConnell hates it, it is fine. I would just, you know, hey, I'll take it. Pile me up a big plate of that. Yeah. And you, you'll have all the scare words he threw in there. Like somehow he, oh, yeah. he was able to shoehorn yeah. cancel culture into his little uh-huh. speech. It was like he uh-huh. should have just thrown in there uh, uh, abortion and butt sex. Uh, these are things. <laughs> like, yes, take away our guns. Lesbians and reading. This <laughs> compromise position. And critical from. race theory. Let's just throw that in. Compromise position from the Democrats has got critical race theory and abortion and butt sex. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) So, no, it's not not the For the People Act, but Jesus Christ. Joe Manchin is saying that he's going to support legislation that bans gerrymandering in the United States. I would take that fucking deal. Uh, get rid yeah. of the voter ID part of it if you can, but to take the rest of it and run, 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 run. First, run to uh, uh, Chuck Schumer's office and figure out how to get rid of the filibuster so we can pass this fucking thing, and then pass this fucking thing. My God, I feel like if Stacey Abrams says the voter ID thing is okay, then she has a plan mm-hmm. for getting voter IDs <laughs> into the hands of everybody in the country. She's like, "Fine, I'll do it myself." Yeah, and she yeah. will go print them at, at fucking Federal Express and laminate them and take them house to house if she has to. Well, you know what? That's what uh, Hal Sparks keeps saying on his show is that the Democrats are going to find a way around these election laws. We're going to find a way to overcome this shit. You know why? Because we've been doing it for years now. 
They have been trying voter suppression law after voter suppression law with uh, state-by-state voter ID laws and, and variations of that, and we've been finding a way around that. We've been finding a way around some of the cheating as well. And there's going to be obviously more cheating in the future because now they believe that because the Democrats cheated, that's their assumption, that the Democrats cheated in the 2020 election, that it's okay for them to cheat too. We're going to get payback and we're going to cheat this time. They were already trying that last time. The guy that voted for his wife that he murdered. Right, right. Well, Well, I uh, mean, the thing thing that the problem is, and I agree, we we can and have been overcoming voter suppression, voter ID, those kinds of horrific mm -hmm. laws. But the problem in in Georgia, certainly in in Texas and in Georgia, the the state legislatures can say, eh, that city, Fulton County, whatever, we don't agree that that was, you know, a fair election. So we're not going to count those votes. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) And we're going to we're going to send different people up that we believe won the election. So even if we were to overcome the suppression, if the votes aren't counted because the legislature doesn't like how the votes went, then us overcoming those problems doesn't help yeah yeah well hopefully there will be some sort of legal challenge to some I of hope these that laws there already yeah. are legal challenges right. to these laws and i know that mary I, I would love to see them try to disenfranchise my county we would just walk to the freaking capital and start throwing <laughs> cinder blocks at them you know like no. <laughs> Well, Merrick Garland, I think, is taking a solid look at these things, whether that amounts to any sort of action along those lines. I mean, he doesn't have the protection of the Voting Rights Act anymore because of... uh, He has some of the protections, but not all of them. Some of them, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, not the pre-clearance one. The pre-clearance thing is gone, so, you know, he can't avail himself of that, but I'm sure he's, you know, exercising other line items from that law in order to be able to combat some of these things. Uh, But meanwhile, I just want to throw this in. In a secret recording, Florida Republicans threatened to send Russian-Ukrainian hit squads <laughs> after her rival. A primary challenger, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, fucking, this goes back to what I was saying about, okay, now it's, this is, everything is on the You're table. So completely amoral. <laughs> like- uh, no shit. A little-known GOP candidate in one of Florida's most competitive congressional seats was secretly recorded threatening to send, quote, a Russian and Ukrainian hit squad to a fellow Republican opponent to make her disappear. During a 30-minute call with a conservative activist that was recorded before he became a candidate, William Braddock repeatedly warned the activists to not support GOP candidate Anna Paulina Luna. Geez, lots of vowels at the end of those words. I wonder what the problem is. Hmm. Could it be mm. racism? <laughs> uh, she's running, of course, in the Republican primary for a Tampa Bay area congressional seat because he had access to assassins. The seat is being vacated by Charlie Crist, who is running for governor. Quote, I really don't want to have to end anybody's life for the good of the people of the United States of America, Braddock said at one point in the conversation last week, according to the recording exclusively obtained by Politico. (laughs) He said, but, he didn't say but, but he continues on by saying, that will break my heart. Oh, really would it? (laughs) But if it needs to be done, it needs, oh, there's your but, David. But if it needs to be done, it needs to be done. <laughs> Luna is a fucking speed bump in the road, he said. She's a dead squirrel you run over every day when you leave the neighborhood. That is so disgusting. It really, really is. These fucking horrible people. This is the, I'm telling you, Donald Trump gave all of these people a free ticket to just let their fucking bigotry and hatred and violent tendencies just fly into the wind just here 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 we go i'm just gonna start talking about shooting people and especially black people and and women you know people women oh bonus if we find women that happen to have vowels at the end of their names that'll (laughs) actually work out really well for me and all the racists who vote for me you know what i mean by vowels at the end of the name obviously ethnic names yeah. yeah 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 so Meanwhile, speaking of shitty, shitty Republicans, uh, 21 Republicans voted against rewarding Capitol Police officers with congressional gold medals. Here now are those Republicans. Andy Biggs, Lauren Boebert, Michael Cloud, Andrew Clyde, Matt Gates, Louie Gohmert, Bob Good, Paul Gosar, Marjorie Taylor Greene, all the usual suspects. Andy Harris, Jody Heiss, Mary Miller, Barry Moore, Ralph Norman, Scott Perry, John Rose, Matt Rosendale, Chip Roy, and Greg Stube. 
And and that was on top Dude, of <clears throat> don't be a stew. <laughs> <laughs> and that was on top of all of the Republicans who voted against making Juneteenth a national holiday. This of course has passed already, so uh, we're just we're just counting the a-holes here. Uh the June Juneteenth is now going to be a national holiday. It's an amazing thing. Uh, you know, American members of the Senate decided to be bipartisan about making Juneteenth a national holiday. Uh, but here are the Republicans, uh, members of the House, who voted against the Juneteenth bill. That would be Thomas Massey. Uh, I can't read some of these names. Uh, Mo Brooks, Andy Biggs, Tom Tiffany, Tom McClintock. The, the text is really small, so I'm straining my eyes to see this. Mike Rogers, Matt Rosendale, Ronnie Jackson. Uh, in defense of Ronnie Jackson's vote, he thought he was voting against eliminating booze in the congressional cafeteria. So that's what he, he didn't think he was even voting on Juneteenth. <laughs> Uh, Ralph Norman, Andrew Clyde, Chip Roy, and Paul Gosar, who's just a cock and a half, by the way. So, yeah, uh, yeah these guys are completely shameless. I mean, fucking hell. <laughs> the Republicans voted, I guess, unanimously with the Democrats on the Senate side to pass this. But for these House guys, man, the, these are obviously the guys who live in heavily uh, red hat districts. You know, like, fuck, man, we don't want to piss off those red hats. And so we're going to be as racist as we possibly can be. All right. So that's uh, that's today in news. Some good stuff. I mean, after a couple of weeks of very shitty news, we've now landed on some uh, some good things. Yeah, obviously, uh, we just had to wait long enough. <laughs> Finally, things begin to turn around just a teeny tiny bit. Maybe some light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to uh, election law and getting something done along those lines, getting something done along the lines of the filibuster. Uh, I wanted to add here, too, that uh, Kirsten Cinema still doesn't understand bipartisanship. No. She, she, she didn't go to Kamala Harris's bipartisan dinner for women in the Senate. Exactly. Because she probably thought it was too partisan. She's an what a idiot. fucking dumbass. Oh, my God. Talk about someone who you want to... How happen? Yeah. Well, she just... I, I, you know, sometimes I think she just decided to identify as a Democrat because she saw polling that showed that if she was a Democrat, she would get elected. I, I wonder if that was the case. Because no, Arizona's a, not that... No. I mean, winning as a Democrat's difficult in Arizona. Extremely Mark hard. Mark Kelly's yeah. got a lot of work to do to retain his seat. But yeah. it's a dry hate. It is a dry hate. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, she had to have seen polling that showed that she was going to have a better chance of winning, maybe, as a Democrat. I don't know. Well, remember McSally won in that same election, Oh, that's of. true. Yeah, yeah. But she probably saw that it was Kamala Harris organizing it and went, yeah, yeah that's, too, that's too partisan. Even though, you know, Lisa Murkowski and Susan Collins, all the Republican senators, the Republican women senators all turned up at the dinner. Like, oh, yeah, this is bipartisan dinner. Way too partisan. You know why? Because Kamala Harris. Uh, I don't see numbers coming about out of Arizona showing that if Kirsten Cinema, you know, decided to cave a little bit on this bipartisanship crap, that she would suddenly be in danger when she's up for re-election in whatever it is, four years. Four years. She's she. she that's is why it makes no sense. She's yeah. not. She's not up for re-election for a while. So just get on board, pass some laws, and and help the people in Arizona and everywhere else. Yeah, no Honestly, shit. Honestly, I think with her and Mansion, it's just pure narcissism. It's like, mm. look at me, look at me, look at me. Yeah. And I just oh, no, we have sad news. <clears throat> well, they, I mean, because of the fifty-fifty divide, they've been given power that they don't necessarily deserve, and they're they're abusing Hang that on, power. What's up, Jody? They're availing themselves Frank, of it. Frank Bonner from WKRP has died. Oh. oh, no, Herb Tarlick. Oh, shit, we're going to talk yeah. about that on the post-mortem show coming up on our Patreon page. See you over there, folks. Bye-bye. Go subscribe, will you?